never too young to learn never too young to lead never too young to build never too young to chase a dream Welcome to the podcast Never Too Young Radio where student entrepreneurs talk about their experiences with the aspiring ones to learn. Serve again I I your hosts and we welcome you to a new episode of NTYR. Today we have Sarthik Mahapatra with us. Sarthik was a student of Bits Pilani and graduated this year. A petrol head by passion he has been working with his team to build up Valerio Electric since his college days which is an online aggregator for EV owners and charging providers which aims to revolutionize the e-mobility sector in India. Welcome to the podcast, Sarthak. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Sarvadhyay. Thanks, Yajur. Uh, really excited to be here and help uh, young entrepreneurs uh, take up entrepreneurship in their college. So, really excited to be here. Thanks, Sarthak. So, being an automotive fan, how did you feel about last weekend's race when Max was tapping got the pole? Yeah, so definitely it was an interesting race weekend by far, uh, especially... considering the 2021 season and uh, it was uh, definitely a bit sad seeing charles leclerc not starting the race because of his uh, drive shaft issues but uh, overall it's a great uh, result especially with max verstappen taking the lead in the championship for the first time i think since uh, the last 3 to 4 years and uh, really excited to see how the season unfolds and uh, hopefully it will be a different uh, world champion by the end of the year yeah hopefully I remember watching F1 on weekends with my friends in college, and I think that was a completely different experience altogether. What about you? Did you watch F1 with your friends in college? Yeah, so even I started uh, diligently following Formula One after joining college uh, and after getting inducted into the automotive club. So there, uh, there was a culture of watching races together, and uh, basically spending the entire race weekend in the workshop building the car as well as having the. uh formula 1 uh, telecast going on live and uh, that experience is something that i can't quantify uh, exactly but uh, it is one of the most memorable uh, uh, weekends on campus definitely for sure and uh, back on my hostel rooms as well like we used to gather all our wingmates together and watch uh, highlights uh, and even historical races uh, so that's been something really exciting that sounds very distant because we have been just we have just attended first year of college and since then we have been locked down uh, but congratulations to you about your college life i mean you have been a part of the luckier generation since you actually attended majority of your college life on campus so that that's uh, that's that's you you're lucky in that way and you know you come from bits pilani which is a top notch institution when it comes to academics and also you know it's always in it's always in talks because a lot of other things are there uh especially the culture the startup culture uh also uh, policies like zero attendance uh right and all the other students from different colleges including us and we you guys and your culture but pretty sure everything is not as rosy as it sounds from the outside uh being an insider tell us what difficulties did you face in bits for a as a student who wanted to start up all right all right so i think uh, one of the biggest disadvantages that uh, pilani has over other uh, campuses that are situated uh, near metro cities is that the nearest city that we could travel to was gurgaon uh, which was 2.5 hours away uh, even if we wanted to go to watch a movie right so everything 
uh, outside the campus is a village and uh, there is only a bus stop uh, which was famous a couple of decades ago but it still has uh, some sort of traffic coming in but apart from that it's entirely agricultural land so there's nothing to do outside the campus as such so i think that's again one of the major reasons why the campus culture has evolved so much because if you put in 1200 students or so uh, out of the best minds in the country and put them together in a single campus so things are bound to happen right so you have no other option but to interact with those people in and around you and at this age i feel that uh, with digitization that has kicked in so a lot of uh, the time students are still involved in their own rooms uh, either doing up courses or uh, doing something on the laptops and mobile phones but uh, in that case even if you have a free time or something so you would go out and interact with a lot of people in and around you and you would find people inside the campus and basically just doing whatever they feel like and as you mentioned the zero attendance policy is definitely something that is coveted at bits and really respected uh, among just students and uh, like i personally would not have probably attended more than 10% of the classes that i was a part of and uh, that sort of really gave us the independence to try out new things and uh, take up co curricular and extra curricular activities and basically gather up new experiences so that they would help us in the future uh, you said that you might have not attended more than 10% of your classes right but uh, this is an observation which has been made by us that majority of the times that engineering students pivot a lot as in uh, we have seen mechanical guys getting coding we have seen civil guys getting into finance and so on and so forth there is often a problem of alignment of interests and academics in tech schools in india but we uh, but in your case we found out that your branch i believe if not completely is somewhat related to your area of interest that is automation do you think uh, your curriculum helped you in developing a startup or do you think that is just a mere coincidence yeah i would uh, call it as a coincidence like initially when i took up electronics and instrumentation i didn't have a lot of interest in core electronics right and uh, after my first year so in the first year all the courses are pretty much the same so again we don't get a lot of insight into what the actual curriculum is and uh, in my first year itself i started taking up small projects like uh, iot automation and basically playing around with controllers in which you could basically devise a robot or a sensor and make it work out according to what you like and that sort of piqued my interest into electronics a bit more and uh, but coming on to the second year i soon realized that a lot of the courses that are being taught uh, it's mostly theory and uh, not really applicable in the practical world right and even the courses are a bit outdated in the sense that they focus more on the research aspect and not uh, building something or maybe if you want to prototype a device so there are no set guidelines or instructions that you could follow uh, from the course curriculum and uh, that's something i feel that lags in the current uh, tech uh, institutes in india right now and that that is where uh, the various clubs and departments all the technical teams on campus help us sort of gain the practical experience so that we can actually do something out of the knowledge that we get yeah i mean this is this is a very uh, regular thing not only in uh, engineering colleges but also institutions across disciplines across india uh that the the curriculum itself is very obsolete also uh, not only the curriculum even the professors are not up to date with current knowledge so for instance uh, we are students of business and law and we study uh, marketing we are still studying you know the most obsolete methods of marketing 
which no one even like i don't think now in nowadays they are even effective so yeah i mean that's the thing and that's when you know as a culture uh pretty sure bits is very active different elements of college come into play and uh, they help you enhance your skill set coming to one of the things uh, which you did apart from your curriculum so you participated in annual fs electric vehicle concept challenge right and if i'm not wrong you even won the second prize twice and you even got a kpmg uh, yeah so you even got a kpmg business ethics grant in 2018 tell us something more about these opportunities uh, which come up to you in, uh, apart from uh, curriculum and how do how did they help you what was the exposure like all right so i'll start off first by uh, telling a bit more about the kpmg grant so i was part of uh, an actresses bits pilani chapter in my second year and it was recently established and we were just sort of looking around for projects that we could do and i think pilani since it is situated in a rural area so it has a ton of opportunities to solve the daily problems of people who don't have uh, privileges uh, that people get usually in metro cities right so even uh, basic uh, problems like seasonal unemployment is a major factor for uh, women or the people living in those villages so that is one major pain point that we identified and it was uh, basically a process in which we identify the problem and then sort of gauge the interest and then try to uh, help them in as much uh, in any way uh, that is possible right so we took up a project in which we identified women who were getting seasonally unemployed once the harvesting season is over and then we sort of trained them to produce the cultural handicrafts which they usually would have been producing and turn it into a micro business so that sort of gets them a uh, 40000 or 50000 annual revenue uh, which makes a huge huge difference uh, in their daily lives and that is what we got the kpmg grant for and uh, then we used it to expand uh, our operations we targeted two to three different villages in and around pilani and uh, now we have a group of around 15 to 20 women we help them to get uh, a part of an shg and they are sort of running the operations on there and independently for quite some time now and uh, coming on to the fscb concept challenge that you mentioned so it is again something that we started out in my second year and uh, so i was already part of the automotive team but our initial focus since the past 10 years of inception was building combustion based race cars so it's a single seater vehicle very similar to uh, something a go kart would feel like uh, but uh, it's made to perform at a very high performance and uh, we are actually racing it on formula 3 tracks uh, in coimbatore at the actual event so the team's focus was mainly on combustion based vehicle and in my second year a senior of mine he sort of took up the challenge and introduced the idea of uh, making a battery powered electric vehicle and uh, there were these early startups like ether energy that were coming up so ether energy was established in 2013 and by 2017 or 18 they were just starting out their operations in and around bangalore chennai and uh, a lot of the tech enthusiasts were really hearing about these upcoming startups in the electric mobility field and that is something that really excited us and uh, one thing that we also realized was that ev penetration in india would be something that would definitely be growing and if we took up a project in this domain it would help us in gaining actual uh, real life experience and on hand experience of 
uh, designing and building an EV, and that sort of would uh, like first thing would definitely improve our employable perspective, uh, as well as sort of get us in touch with these new technologies that are coming up, right? And uh, then on a short team was decided, and uh, eight to ten members sort of volunteered to be a part of this new team, and we sort of just got into designing the entire car from scratch. And believe me when I say that one month before the competition, like we were at a place where we were even considering withdrawing from the competition and not taking part in it because it was something that we were not satisfied with. And we didn't know because we didn't have any benchmark or anything else to compare ourselves with. So we were like seriously contemplating the idea of not booking tickets to the competition and just giving it another shot here. But uh, that one month, I remember, like eight, eight to ten people, we sort of just came together. We said, "This is something that we really have to do." And the other option that we didn't have was that we had already, uh, like, uh, given in the participation fees, and that was a substantial amount and non-refundable. So that is again something which uh, sort of motivated us to work towards it. But uh, in the end. Like uh, at the actual uh, event day, uh, so the event was hosted at the headquarters of Ather Energy in Bangalore, and they have an amazing office, uh, really like impressive. And once you enter uh, into it, you sort of just feel the different vibe of uh, getting into the workspace of an early tech startup who are sort of revolutionizing of how the electric two-wheeler industry in India would uh, sort of grow from. And uh, the atmosphere is definitely different. And uh, we sort of once we got into the actual competition, uh, we were pretty confident that uh, we probably had a good chance to achieve a good rank. And then, as you already mentioned, uh, we were fortunate enough to bag the second position all over India, and uh, really happy also to sort of win the some of the individual events in the competition as well. and that sort of laid the groundwork to uh, motivate our junior batches as well to take this up more seriously and then subsequently in my third year uh, i went on to lead the entire 70 member team and we scrapped the combustion vehicle idea and like shifted the entire team from uh, ic engine based vehicle to an electric uh, battery powered vehicle subsystems and uh, that sort of again Uh, that legacy that we left behind has been continuing so far. So we bagged uh, the second position the subsequent year as well, and uh, so I uh, left the team last year. And this year also the juniors have finally uh, won the competition in its entirety. So that is something again that uh, I and uh, my batch is really proud of that we could start something uh, during our time and see uh, our juniors achieve uh, much more than we could. I think. Uh... Yeah, indeed. When you start winning a competition again and again, you start leaving a legacy of your college name at that competition, right? But apart from that, one thing which I uh, liked very much is that in the in, in the starting, you said in the beginning, you said that uh, if there's one disadvantage which I have to talk about is that Bispalani is not situated uh, near to metropolitan cities. But when you were exploring, more, when you were telling more about the KPMG grant, what I realized is that even though there might be disadvantage. We can find opportunities in it, right? For example, if Bichpalandi is not situated near metropolitan cities and it is situated near rural areas, there is still there can be opportunities if one wants to find. So I think indeed a very valuable lesson for the people, the listeners that uh, 
we can find opportunities wherever we are irrespective of the disadvantages so valero electric is building a single open platform that connects the ev users with all types of charging stations and services right you guys even provide a home and office solution uh, for all the ev users so all in all you're a product heavy startup with a tech core with uh, which you need speciality in designing and building so and i'm pretty sure as students you would have faced some problems in doing all of that so share something regarding that all right so i think yeah as you rightly mentioned it is uh, something that requires a lot of expertise and uh, a lot of technologies involved like it's not a non tech business that you can just start off with two to three people so i think one of the major things uh, that we needed to focus on even in our early days was building a team that was competent enough to sort of manage different aspects of it and then bring all of those together in a entire assembly or on a competent level uh, basis right so i think uh, that's the major uh, advantage that we had at that point was that uh, we could ask things that we weren't aware of from our seniors so they already had 2 to 3 years of experience on working on vehicles so even though we were building out an electric vehicle which was completely uh, a new for us there were still a lot of similarities in the process that needs to be followed right so we had already a set process for engineering a particular component or designing a particular component Uh, the only thing different was that we had to study a bit more about all the new things that were going on in the market and then sort of choose which one fits our requirement the best and then sort of get into uh, making that particular thing and uh, like if i would explain a bit more about how exactly i personally required those skills so while part of the team there's a hierarchy that's usually followed so in the first year you are made to try out everything from mechanical design to electrical design and then from the second year onwards you are segregated into specific subsystems so if you are say interested in electronics and if you are affiliated to a branch or a circuit branch then you would obviously be more inclined to uh, focus your uh, skills and attributes in that particular subsystem so we were divided on the basis of that in our second year and by the third year uh, we would sort of gain the expertise and the knowledge to manage our juniors in that particular subsystem and make executive level decisions on how exactly a component uh, should be and what are the features that we need out of it so the first year and the second year are sort of the building blocks and the foundation levels in which we acquire knowledge of various softwares that are used uh, what exactly the processes are we get to meet a lot of sponsors we get to visit industries and see how the manufacturing takes place and that sort of uh, laid the groundwork for even uh, working on the technical aspects in my current startup as well which stage have you reached uh, when it comes to your product all right so we have an initial prototype ready we have already tested it uh, with a couple of e-rickshaws operating in noida and now we are planning to install 50 units or so in the coming uh, month so that we can sort of monitor the performance closely on a large scale level and then once we run the pilot for 2 to 2.5 months then uh, we'll be able to collect better customer feedback and iterate the product accordingly and we plan to do a full commercial launch by this year end great and how how has been the response to the prototype and as it like was what is your estimated customer response or market response right so like again the product that we developed we were daily talking with uh, ev users who have been 
familiar with the industry since the past four to five years. So they really understand what owning an EV feels like and what are the challenges that they face on a regular basis or on a weekly basis. And so the entire product has been centered around them. And uh, one of the major feedbacks that we collected was uh, the charging speed is not an issue for users at this point. And they are only looking for charging points that are accessible at places like their apartment complex or at the office where they usually work. And uh, since we designed the product, keeping these specific things in mind, the response has been really great. And uh, on a daily basis, also we're getting a lot of inquiries about our product. Uh, we even visited a couple of apartment complexes in the Greater Noida area and uh, almost 60% of them showed positive response to the product and they were actually looking for something uh, to help uh, provide EV charging to the residents. And a lot of them also sort of trying, were trying to make crude versions of the device on their own personal basis and that sort of validated our hypothesis or the idea that yes, this is something that people really need and uh, like we would be probably uh, solving a major pain point for these users. So the response has been great. Uh, looking forward to see how the pilot results uh, show up. Understood. Now talking about the EV space in which you're currently operating. So it has been rage in the Scandinavian countries. Like, you know, there has been a huge market for, the, for that space already identified there. But as you know, those countries are small, the population is less, and the people are more conscious and educated about all of this and about being sustainable towards our environment, right? Which is not the case with India, right? So how conducive do you think the EV market is here? Apart from the mindset, mindset shift, what other problems do you think there is with regards to penetration uh, of such a product? All right. So again, uh, that's a really good question. Uh, if I have to speak about what the challenges in the Indian context are, I think the foremost challenge that we see is the lack of awareness. So people are not aware about the benefits that an EV can provide. And the first thing that comes to people's mind when they think about an EV is some really futuristic sort of vehicle, which would need a ton of electricity or like big battery packs that require a lot of maintenance and hassle and the charging is a major issue. And then of course, there's the high upfront price point that is again a major issue in a price or a cost sensitive market such as India. Right. But people are really surprised when I tell them that, for example, if you want to own a two wheeler, an electric two wheeler would cost you something uh, somewhat similar to uh, the uh, internal combustion uh, two wheelers in the market right now. Some are even cheaper and the operational costs are up to 10 times uh, uh, lower than your uh, traditional combustion counterparts. So that fact a simple fact like this just blows people's minds that yes even the upfront cost is low and i'm saving up so much money and it's better for the environment apart from this the ride quality or the performance of an electric vehicle is much more superior to that of an internal combustion based one uh, there is more efficiency there is no noise as well as uh, like the in general look and feel of the electric powertrain is something that uh, ev users really uh, appreciate and uh, something which has really been a major retention factor for these EV users. So I think if we properly uh, cater to the lack of awareness and then solve for that, that solves major uh, issues for seeing high scale EV penetration in the coming two years. And apart from this, I think uh, 
another major challenge uh, that is currently present in india is that it is mostly a coal based uh, electricity grid that we have in india so almost 70 75% of the energy produced in india is through uh, fossil fuel sources and even though the uh, penetration rate of renewable energy is growing there needs to be more focus that needs to be put in and like you mentioned the examples of the nordic countries so one of the major reasons why ev penetration has seen such a, a sharp increase uh, there is because their economies are mostly based on renewable energy and so the government has also taken that into mind and like really incentivized ev uh, purchase and ev charging facilities and at the same time they have heavily taxed uh, things like fossil fuel cars and combustion vehicle based modes of transport and that sort of uh, comes together to drive the ev adoption in those markets but i'm really optimistic that uh, in the coming 3 to 4 years uh, india is slowly transitioning towards that there are a lot of new ev policies that are coming up delhi specifically has been really aggressive to promote electric mobility uh, since the past couple of years uh, even recently last week maharashtra has launched their uh, ev policy draft and uh, something that will be really driving up ev adoption Uh, in the coming few years you mentioned about uh, incentivizing people right and i think incentivizing can actually do wonders when it comes to penetration of the uh, you know ev sector in india why because if you look at the tax structure of vehicles which is on vehicles in india it's immense uh, also if the government can take steps i was reading this the other day somewhere that if the government takes up steps to actually reduce the tax on ev vehicles it's actually going to uh you know promote ev penetration in india plus it's cost effective anyway so uh, given the kind of income groups we have in india it's always going to help us uh, as indians uh, what do you which cars do you think uh, in india are great when it comes to e mobility right so i think uh, the recent models that have been launched specifically the tata nexon ev or the mg zx ev so i've been hearing a lot of good response and a lot of uh, people are uh, sort of getting into uh, buying tata nexon ev specifically uh, firstly because it is at a really affordable price so it costs somewhere around 13 lakhs if you uh, buy the tata nexon ev and if we talk about delhi specifically uh, with the incentives that the government has rolled out so there is no vehicle registration uh, tax that you need to give and there is no road tax that needs to be paid so that uh, brings down the cost up to 10 lakhs so there's a 3 lakh uh, tax incentive and a uh, uh, benefit that you get if you purchase the tata nexon ev in delhi and uh, that has been i think one of the uh, major reasons why uh, this model specifically has been in high demand especially in the delhi ncr region and apart from that uh, in the two wheeler segment uh, there are a lot of companies which are building scooters in uh the lower uh, middle class income group uh, ta- uh, customer segment right and uh, if we talk specifically about some of them then okinawa hero electric and uh, other companies such as uh, ampere as well and there are a lot of upcoming startups as well who have been uh, getting into this space and just rolling out brilliant products with great customer insight and uh, that are seeing a lot of good uh, response from the customers as well so a lot of new companies coming in which is driving innovation and uh, new business models that also focus more on the financing and bringing the upfront cost down and uh, all of this uh, coming together is really helping up build the ecosystem correct also you know this question uh, 
this uh, it's, it's from a consumer perspective so uh, when you know when you're when you're talking about e vehicles our major apprehension in the minds of consumers is that charging ka kit kya problem hoga can we do road trips on e vehicles and uh, also agar e vehicle hoga to kya usme petrol ki bhi use ho sakta hai ki nahi can it like also function as a normal uh, ic e vehicle so please clear certain doubts right right so uh, again i think the first question that i would like to take is ki uh, whether it can run on petrol or not and that's an absolute no uh, like and ev has a completely different powertrain as compared to the normal uh, combustion vehicles and i think people might be getting a bit confused with uh, hybrid electric vehicles that are also there in the market so an hybrid electric vehicle basically uses both an electric powertrain as well as an engine in it and in an hybrid powertrain you would just need to refill uh, your vehicle uh, at a gas station either with petrol or diesel and it sort of utilizes both the electrical energy as well as the uh, energy that is provided by petrol and diesel to provide the power you don't need to uh, get into a lot of hassle of charging but uh, even though an hybrid electric vehicle is better than combustion vehicles uh, there are definitely still emissions that are being released uh, even though a bit lower but again it is damaging to the environment and it's better if people opt for fully battery powered evs as opposed to uh, the hybrid ones and coming on to the problem of charging so charging is again the major issue in people's minds when they hear about ev or when they even think about purchasing an ev so uh, like even now when i speak to a lot of the customers uh, or potential customers so they don't think uh, about which ev to buy the first question uh, that they ask is ki charging kahan pe karenge right so just uh, sort of help you or help our listeners also imagine a scenario where your vehicle is usually parked for uh, 20 hours or 22 hours in a day like people usually don't commute more than 2 to 3 hours on a daily basis right so just imagine that you have charging facilities at the place where your vehicle is parked for 95% of the time in a day and that is more than enough and sufficient to sort of take care of all the charging needs and that is the major segment that we also as a company are focusing on right so the issue with charging is as i previously also mentioned is the accessibility of these points at locations where vehicles are parked and this calls for a very affordable and low cost solution so that it can be scaled rapidly and that brings in a lot of visibility in the minds of users as well that yes there is already ev charging facilities being provided at my apartment complex uh, there are also facilities at my workplace and when i go out i see that there are dedicated parking spots for ev charging at restaurants malls and other commercial establishments as well so that sort of takes the hassle of or the worry of running out of range as at least in the intercity level right so if we even talk about the standard uh, four wheeler evs that are present in the market so typically we would give you a range of somewhere around 120 or 200 kilometers uh, and that is more than enough to take care of your all intercity commuting needs right so on an average people would travel say 30 km or 50 km so you won't even need to charge your vehicle on a daily basis you can do so or uh, twice weekly or even uh, once weekly depending on your usage and uh, that is something that people really need to understand that even if i give the analogy of uh, charging your phones or your laptops 
so earlier if you think about uh, the earlier models that were launched so they used to take up to two to three hours to fully charge and you had no other option but to sort of not use your phone during that time and that is something that we would have to uh, adopt as well as a society to sort of think of charging that when the vehicle is parked for longer durations and not worry about it uh, as much as people are currently doing uh, and if we talk about long distance uh, travel then definitely charging is a issue then because you can't travel more than what your vehicle range is uh, specified right for that you would need to stop midway and use fast charging stations so a lot of companies and even the government is setting up uh, fast charging stations along major highways that already is a chain across the Mumbai Pune highway and a lot of other new ones in the uh, Delhi to Jaipur as well as Delhi Lucknow, Delhi Agra. All these uh, central locations from uh, major metropolitan cities are being equipped with uh, fast charging of EVs uh, at 25 kilometer intervals. So there is no worry at all uh, of running out of charge midway. I know people who have done 1500 uh, kilometer uh, trips from Jaipur to the Indo-Pak border. I personally helped a guy their trip from Delhi to Bhubaneswar in their new EV. Like it's just careful planning and nothing else. And we also as a company help provide that service through our mobile application as well, in which we sort of help users plan their long distance trips by suggesting where uh, they can stop and charge in between while taking a rest stop or break, uh, having lunch or a dinner, etc. So again, it's a pain point that needs to be solved for, but something which is totally possible and doable uh, by the ecosystem as a whole. Agreed. I think uh, with the involvement of the infrastructure again and again, then the planning would also reduce. In, for example, in this instance, by planning a road trip through an EV. But since you were talking about problems, um, I actually did a project on this back in 2018. And uh, I came across a problem that people often also face a problem of disposing their, their old cars, their previous cars, their uh, cars which, which we are using currently, right? So as an entrepreneur, what do you think can be an innovative solution regarding the disposal of these previous cars in order to uh, accept the new EV vehicles? Understood. Again, that's a really great question and uh, which also I have been getting from a lot of people. So one solution that uh, comes to my mind for this particular problem is retrofitting of old cars, right? So it's not necessary that you have to uh, purchase and fully battery powered uh, and new electric vehicle, right? So a lot of people are also taking a more cost effective approach in which they sort of return their combustion based vehicle and uh, there are specific companies and mechanics who will take out uh, the engine and the combustion powertrain out of your old vehicle and retrofit your vehicle with a battery pack as well as motors. And this entire process will cost somewhere around 2 lakhs to 2.5 lakhs for a four-wheeler and uh, significantly lower for a two-wheeler. And it completely changes your vehicle from being a, a petrol or a diesel run one to a battery powered vehicle. And uh, this is something that can be done with old vehicles who are nearing their end of life and their engine has been degraded or a lot of components need to be changed. So you can upgrade your old vehicle to a electric powered one with definitely some sort of investment from your end, but uh, not a lot of uh, capital investment, which you would generally have to do if you're purchasing a new vehicle. And uh, again, this is something that a lot of 
people are adopting since the past few years especially in the two wheeler segment because it actually takes just about a week or so to completely retrofit your old vehicle to a new one and uh, it is again something which will uh, drive up ev adoption uh, in the coming year right i mean lot of things are happening uh, in the ev space which uh, the uh, a major factor what is driving the ev space is that uh, global warming is reaching alarming levels the narrative around sustainability and environment is becoming stronger day by day and also a major thing to be noticed is that we are seeing a lot of big companies delving into ev right you know right from tata mahindra to now ola being in the forefront with its e-scooter factory and not to forget tesla coming to india uh, do you think indian startup ecosystem is going to witness a revolution in the ev space in the coming years right so there definitely has been a lot of uh, interest shown by major uh, automotive manufacturers to get into this space and even if they personally aren't getting into it they are investing in a lot of new startups who are developing such uh, solutions and products right so they sort of have an option to uh, expand their product line uh, into new sort of uh, technologies fast charging even Ah, uh, new battery technologies and uh, new upcoming uh, electric vehicles that are coming onto the market, and uh, there definitely has been a lot of interest uh, shown by them. And uh, like you rightly mentioned, Tata, especially Tata Mahindra, ah, uh, they have been putting a lot of R and D. Mahindra, as you might already know, they own a Formula Electric team, and that's the only Indian team to do so. And they use a lot of the uh, R and D that they do for. Uh, motorsports to sort of bring those into their uh, electric vehicles on road and uh, it, it's not that they are just focused on one particular segment uh, they are exploring options in the two wheeler three wheeler as well as the four wheeler segments so definitely an exciting time to be in this space uh, and a lot of competitors are entering but again it's driving up the innovation and uh, churning out better products and services for the end users right so according to me when an industry booms right it's a light industry also start up coming uh, start rising up so according to you what startups we can see in the allied industries when the whole ev sector is in a boom right i think uh, one of the major aspects is that the entire automotive oem or the parts maintenance parts supplies and small component manufacturers sort of either have to adapt or there has to be a new sort of shift or an uh, new industry which has to sort of replace the old incumbents and uh, so that's uh, a major industry that will be growing uh, in the coming few years and apart from that a lot of focus is also being put on recycling of lithium ion batteries once their end of life occurs so india as you might know that india does not have a lot of uh, lithium ion reserves in itself so our best option is to import uh, quantities of lithium from countries such as argentina and chile and once they are in that ecosystem they have to be uh, converted to a circular economy model wherein we just uh, sort of take the new mineral reserves make them into new batteries and once uh, they degrade or uh, sort of lose their qualities after 8 to 9 years they can be again recycled extracted uh the chemicals can be extracted from the old devices and new brand new batteries can be made from it so the lithium ion industry and refurbishing industry is something which again is an uh, uh as it ally which needs to be uh, sort of looked into uh, in detail 
and apart from that uh, i think more or less uh, all the drive shaft components remain the same uh, in the combustion vehicles but uh, there will definitely be a lot of need for new r and d to improve the efficiency of electric power trains again as we go into the future i mean uh, if it, if ev has a lot of allies i think it has a very major rival uh, rival as well that is the fuel industry and the ic industry uh, ic vehicle industry what do you think is going to the what do you think is going to be the impact of the rise of ev on these industries i mean oil is a major business across the globe it is uh, a billion dollar business uh, in the gulf uh, and across nations so what do you think is going to be the impact on that yeah the way i see it unfolding is that all the old companies uh, which are dependent on oil uh, they would need to transition to a more renewable energy based source or getting into these uh, sort of electric mobility uh, services and products so even now uh, there are petroleum companies in india like indian oil and uh, hp who have tied up with a lot of charging solution providers and are they, and they are providing charging solutions or battery swapping solutions for two wheelers and three wheelers at the petrol pumps and uh, that is something that will be needed uh, and there will be a gradual shift that will be done and even now recently there has been news that is coming in that uh, major uh, companies like shell and even exxon mobil which has been a world leader in petroleum products uh, since the past decades or so uh, so they are uh, investing a lot more into decarbonization and getting a bit more into clean tech energies as well so that they are not missing out on the opportunities that this new rising industry is providing and since they have been seeing a decline in the revenue or the profit share that they're getting from the uh, carbon sources or the fossil fuel sources it makes business sense for them to also invest in these technologies and not just stay stuck at uh, the old uh, fossil fuel based economies so that's how i see it sort of play i think i agree with you on that that there has to be a shift right so uh, with that being said now i think it is time for a very exciting part of the podcast that never to quick round just like you guys raise funds raise questions answers to these can never be quick enough but you can surely give it a try Right. So the first question coming up to you is, what do you think is the future? Hydrogen cars or electric cars? Uh, electric cars. And why? Because uh, hydrogen, again, as a fuel or a product, uh, would probably need a lot more investment uh, and facilities to get into. Whereas electrification is much more easier and can be done at a larger scale uh, than hydrogen. But hey, listeners, uh, both of them are very sustainable. So just in case if you're going for any one of them, feel free to do so. It will save the environment. <laughs> what is that one thing that can be major game changer in the EV landscape of India? I think uh, large scale penetration of EV charging is the only thing. And uh, as the technology evolves, faster charging, which sort of takes away the fear or the inconvenience that uh, an EV charging provides. uh that will be the major or the key game changer in the indian industry and uh, technology such as battery swapping which sort of replace uh, the old battery with a new one in 5 to 10 minutes is again something which is already revolutionizing the industry and which will be a key factor in driving up adoption in the coming years if given a chance to race professionally which team would you like to join apart from ferrari 
Right. So again, I think you excluded the single team that everybody aspires to drive for. But apart from that, I think it will be really fun and exciting to drive for Red Bull. Move on. Moving on to the next question. First thing which comes to your mind when I say the following things: Formula One, racing, sustainability, yeah, electric, fuel prices, very high, Tesla, ah, uh, Roadster. Okay. Next question is: What would be your dream university for a master's degree? I think uh, in CAD uh, would be. Uh, in university that i'd be really interested to pursue my masters from uh, firstly because it's situated in europe and uh, the culture would be really something that would be exciting and the second reason is again uh, its proximity to motorsports and uh, racing in general so i would love to try out the experiences there as well moving on most conducive place for you to brainstorm i think uh, it would be my hostel room uh, because it sort of gives me the serenity and the peacefulness to brainstorm and at the same time i have my uh, friends as well as my co-founders in the same uh, sort of hostel itself so i can quickly approach them in case a new idea comes up or if we need to have a quick discussion about something understood one startup which inspires you the most uh, i think it would be ether energy uh, specifically because they jumped in at a time where electric vehicles in india was something unheard of and now they have sort of piqued the interest of a lot of uh, indians as well as inspired a lot of other startups to get into this space and just keep on innovating on their products and roll out some brilliant uh, consumer centric uh, products and services to drive more sustainable modes of transport what is the toughest decision you had to make in the last few months i think uh, the toughest decision would be to not uh, take a job as a backup and uh, sort of give full time to my startup it definitely took a lot of confidence and uh, a lot of thought had been put into it and uh, again this is something that i'm really looking forward to and excited for uh, my next phase so great we we all wish you all the best for valerie you or we hope that you don't have to uh, take up a job anyhow So now this is one question which we ask uh, everyone. Uh, what changes do you suggest uh, in the Indian colleges to foster the culture of entrepreneurship among students? All right, I think uh, the first thing that universities can do is sort of inculcate minor electives or courses which give students the feel of entrepreneurship uh, before actually like. getting them to sort of get the hands on experience or training right so even small electives uh, such as electives based on finance or operations or in general business strategy so that sort of gets the gears turning in people's heads and they sort of actually get to know whether they this is a domain that they can get into or really pursue it as a career and i think there are a lot of doubts in the students minds that running a company is something that is only possible after getting 10 to 12 years of experience and as a student it's sort of something which is uh, impossible or unachievable at that stage and the only way to inculcate that confidence is to uh, sort of uh, help students to gain a variety of experience in colleges either through courses or through the various clubs departments or activities that the uh, campus has 
and uh, personally again being a part of the technical teams or taking up electives related to entrepreneurship uh, or business development that sort of gave me the confidence to start my own venture along with my co-founders and it is something very empowering and i feel all universities should uh, strive to provide exactly i think they should get it across that you're never too young for anything like that right lastly sarthak what advice would you like to give to budding entrepreneurs i think uh, the foremost advice would be that uh, try out as many experiences as possible because as you try new things uh, that's the only way you find out problems in existing processes or services or products and those will sort of inspire you to come up with your own solution which is much more better than the previous ones or can solve a major pain point for existing customers and once you have that problem in mind and a solution that you can provide uh, that's the point where you sort of never look back and get right into it and uh, again it will be really uh, great if you are able to sort of envision a better future by the solution that you're providing and uh, yeah so gain as many experiences as you can because in the end that's what matters and will help you take better decisions in your startup as well indeed very insightful sarthak i think this brings us to the end of the episode thank you so much for being a part of this thank you so much for doing this thanks a lot uh, sarvagya it's been great uh, being a part of uh, never too young radio and uh, talking to a lot of new uh, budding or potential entrepreneurs and uh, glad to help in any way i can yep that's our college bell need to head back to classes but these stories and conversations won't stop see you soon the next episode of never to young thanks for listening and stay tuned